Spice up your life with me, Health Chef Julia, as I set out on the journey of what is healthy. In each episode, we'll explore the different meanings of healthy. For some, healthy means indulging in something decadent and delicious. For others, it's a mental health day and a good workout. There's more to health than just food. It's about living well, enjoying your life, and having fun. Haven't you heard? Redheads do it best. Come with me and we'll find out just what healthy is. Welcome to a new episode of What is Healthy, a podcast where we share every hack to get a healthier and more sustainable lifestyle. I'm Chef Julia, and today we'll be talking to Dr. Sheila Nazarian. It is so amazing to meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I literally binge watched for the second time your show on Netflix. Oh my God. Every time anybody says that, I'm like, were you crying for eight hours straight? Like, <laughs> how many boxes of tissues? <laughs> literally, you just become like, I'm obsessed with these characters. I feel like I know them. I feel like I'm part of their story. And I don't know how, like, I don't think I could ever be a doctor because I would just so emotionally attached to them. No, I think it's really interesting because I didn't really start feeling like so deeply until 2020 because I think we really, you know, all I think got a little pause and a little break and a chance to sort of step back and out of the game into the nosebleed section and really get like a macro view of our lives. And so it just kind of hit me that, you know, as a surgeon, you kind of have to be a little bit like switch on, switch off with your empathy or else how are you going to cut people, you know? Yeah. So I, I just, it's interesting to me how much more I think aware of feelings and what's going on around me I have because I've been so tunnel vision you know focused on goals for so long yeah for so long because you had college medical school residency like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah like go 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 and I think 2020 was like a hard stop which was definitely the silver lining for me Amazing. Do you mind introducing a little bit about yourself to the audience? And then I will. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I'm uh, Dr. Sheila Nazarian. I'm a board certified plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. I'm also a mom of three. I'm married to a brain surgeon. I'm an immigrant, an entrepreneur, and um, an activist of these days. (laughs) I am in in awe of you. I can't believe that you're, you're... Your kids are like, yeah, my dad's a brain surgeon. My mom's a plastic surgeon. Like that is just like the most. I tell them, I'm like, we gave you these genetics. If you fail, (laughs) we will be very disappointed. (laughs) Um, I always am curious to ask me plastic surgeons. Like there has to be some sort of personal like philosophy on what you're willing to do and not do. Because it must be really difficult sometimes if someone comes into your office and is like, I don't know, I want three boobs now. Yeah, no, I mean, I think um, I always tell my disciples, uh, I run a nonprofit where we kind of do personal and business growth for other uh, medical, you know, practitioners. And I always tell people, you will attract what you put out there. So we always, you know, put out natural results and strong, powerful uh, messaging and sort of optimizing yourself rather than trying to change yourself. And I think that's what we attract. So I've really never had... I shouldn't say never. I get very rarely someone coming in with like a picture of a celebrity. It's almost never. Or, you know, I think it's just like we put out there strong, strong, educated, optimized, natural results always. And so I think that's the type of person we attract is very much along those lines and not someone who even wants large breasts. Like forget the third breast. 
is it like so heartwarming and kind of like moving and amazing when a person just like comes to you and is like so happy with their results and like feels like a million bucks and just is so confident and sure of themselves like post seeing you? I think that that's just something I had to learn because that's what people pay me for. So it's almost like going to a concert and being like, oh, wow, you you did such a good show. Like the performers, that's their job is to give you a good show. That's what you paid for. So I think for a long time, I wouldn't remember any of that. I would only remember like a negative comment or somebody said something on Instagram. And I think as of like three, four years ago, I really kind of let that go. But it took until 2020 for me to be like, no, when someone compliments me, you pause, you you breathe that in, you put that in your piggy bank, you know, and you kind of have to fill your soul that way in order to have more to give to your family or your friends or your patients. So up until last year, I didn't really let that sink in at all. I was like, oh, you're welcome, you know, next kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, how is it with chefs? You know, somebody says like, oh, yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, but I've learned to like get the negative. Um, I like the phrase be like a water, uh, water rolling off a duck's back. Like only the positive, like take in the positive because then it like uh, shows in your food and in your ability to cook and just in your happiness. Like I just want to be surrounded by happy. And I, I realized that in 2020, like not like it's really hard to be happy. Like you have to work towards that. What inspired you to become a plastic surgeon? You know, I, I did wood shop in the fourth grade and I think I was the only girl in wood shop. And I just loved like the design aspects of it, like actually designing something. And I don't know if you've ever seen architectural plans, but it's like the arrow has to be a certain way. The letters, your number two has to be a certain way. And I think I love like that precision. It got all like the happy hormones going in my head. And so I thought I wanted to do either architecture or orthopedic surgery because I really just like building too. So I kind of crossed off architecture because I didn't just want to design it. I also wanted to build it and use my hands. And then I started shadowing an orthopedic surgeon. It was very cookie cutter, not very creative. And somebody told me, you know, why don't you look into plastic surgery if you want creativity? So I did and I never looked back. That's amazing. What is healthy for you? This is something that I ask every person on the podcast, and it's just so vast and so different for everyone. So I really want to know what's healthy for you. It's changing all the time. Um, it's interesting. I took actually 30. Because I did just saw your your workout post, which made me want to go work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I'm taking, um, I'm in the middle of a 30 day kind of self-imposed quarantine right now because, you know, kind of getting the show was my biggest goal and kind of that bucket list thing that I wanted to do all my life. And then in 2020, when it actually happened, I'm like, all right, like, where do I go from here now? And what, what do I want to do with my platform? And what do I want to, what, what's my impact kind of thing? And so I took these 30 days off. I'm going to take another 30 days off before the year's over because I just feel like I make such a huge leap in growth when I kind of take myself out of the game. So I think for me right at this moment, I'm trying to figure out what that, what the happy means. I think it means more time with the family. I think it means, you know, more exercise and self-care, even though I hate exercise a lot. I'm like, when do these, like, I don't know, when does that runner's high kick in? Like, when's that going to happen to me? (laughs) I mean, I feel great post-workout. Like I love that feeling, but I never understood a runner's vibe. Like if someone's going to force me to do a run, like it's just the end of the world for me. Yeah, I know. Same. So I think doing a little bit more of that, I think, honestly, you know, maybe even a little plastic surgery. I I know that sounds crazy, but I just feel like 
you can't exercise and tighten your skin. Like you can't exercise, I don't know, a mommy makeover. Like I think once you hit 40, like the skin laxity is real and maybe it's, you know, some minimally invasive things, but I think, you know, I'm never more than like four feet away from a device or something to inject or whatever. And I never take the time to kind of do it on myself unless I'm testing it out um, to see if I like it. And I want to bring that device on and maybe, you know, testing it out on my staff instead of me or on me, but just once. So I think really like even laser hair removal, like I still, I have the best laser hair removal device that doesn't even hurt. It's like a rolling mechanism and I still haven't done my own legs. (laughs) So my back, she's really funny. One of my best friends is Persian. And her dad's a plastic surgeon in New York, New Jersey. And I was, I called her like, this is probably last year. And I was like, Neela, like I need a laser hair removal. Should I go to your dad's office? She's like, no, we all actually go to Rosa on the Upper West Side. And I show up to Rosa's office and she knows like every Persian in New York City that's like going to her office. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm a Russian ginger, but I think this will work. Let's do it, Rosa. And like, she, I just like loved it. No, I know. But it's just like, I think... So, some clearing of the home, perhaps getting a vacation home someplace and maybe doing some work from there every once in a while. You know, really like I, I feel like right now I'm sort of running everything through a quality of life filter, whether it's an investment or an addition to my office or bringing on another physician. Like, how does this help my quality of life, my family, my employees? Like, is this going to make it better or is this just going to be more stress? So, it's kind of a weird time for me. I've never really taken time to like pause and reevaluate. I think you're not the only one right now that's doing that. So I think it's like the perfect time to embrace that. Um, I'm sure you hate this. Well, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you hate this question or not, but I'm gonna ask it. Botox. I don't know. I don't really, I don't, I don't have a problem for listeners knowing, but I've been getting Botox since I was 27, 25 units in my forehead. And I know that everybody says it's like preventative. And I want to know, like, is it preventative? Am I gonna, am I gonna have some sort of like long-term thing? Like right now, what I've been doing is doing 25 units every six months, but I realized that you have to switch from Botox to Dysport. Like I swap them. So, cause I heard that like your muscles kind of get used to it and then you need more. So, I mean, some people definitely develop like a Botox resistance. Sometimes it happens at one year. Sometimes it happens at 20 years. I started getting Botox too when I was um, 28. So now I'm 41. But I always say the age doesn't matter if the matter doesn't age. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I definitely, I think, prefer Dysport right now. Dysport has double the amount of toxin per ml than Botox. So if you want more paralysis, then you want to go with Dysport anyway. But um, I'm sure you can get resistance to either one of them. I don't think it matters whether you, you know, switch back and forth. I think it just matters what your goal is. Like ZMN tends to have less toxin per ml. So we use that more on our comedians or our actresses who still want to maintain movement, but want to soften some other wrinkles. Um, but for me, Dysport is definitely the way to go. <laughs> What would you say besides like, I don't know how you're doing it all in the show and juggling three kids, like that's incredible. But what would you say is the most challenging thing about your job? About my job? (laughs) Um, I think any business person will tell you HR is the hardest part of their job. Like, yeah, like surgery is the easiest thing I do. It really is, right? Yeah. Like, because you like, know you know what to do. It's like very... Yeah, exactly. It's like that becoming an expert at something or doing 10,000 things or whatever that book says. But um, no, I think 
the moment the moment you have to like expand any kind of business it's just like so hard to find the right people and the staff and like have that it's not just that i think there's specific challenges about being a woman like i might say something like i'll be like you guys um i don't know let's look at the numbers from yesterday and that might send some people home crying Whereas if a man said that, I don't think that that would have had the same effect, you know, like we have another celebrity plastic surgeon right next door to me, literally down, like right next door. And I always think like if he would have behaved that way, just direct, not even like mean or rude or anything, but just direct because that's who I am, you know, it's just taken totally differently. So I think that's very challenging for me because I'm like, when does it, when do I become the equivalent of a male plastic surgeon? I think the same way in the chef world of like, should I be mean? Like, uh, yeah, like I've gotten the same success. I've got my own show too. When do I get to that level where I'm respected or responded to the same way as a male plastic surgeon? And honestly, I think it's never. I, I, could, I mean, I don't think it will be. I agree. I have the same kind of incidences with like clients or proposals or even like events. And coming from a man, no one would say say anything twice. But if I say it, it's like questioned or argued or all of the things. And I'm like, but we have the same uh, credentials. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I have like the best of staff ever. But I just think when you're a woman, things are maybe taken a little differently. Or So I think more weight is put on like how well are you – able to sugarcoat things or like I have a friend who's a cardiac anesthesiologist and she runs codes. Like when people are coding in the hospital, so she'll be like, you know, epinephrine, you know, lidocaine. Da, 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 da. And then afterwards she'll say, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry if I was forceful, you know? And I'm like, why do I have to apologize? I hate that. Or like in an email, like, I hope this isn't bothering you. Or like, I would like, to, why do we have to always like, sugarcoat or make the email sound a little longer versus like being direct and to the point. I don't either. And I, I started blaming it on the fact that it's like a joke, but I was like, you know what? I'm Russian. We're direct. I'm just going to like go with it. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, you know what, if you need to go home and cry, go home and cry. But I'm going to tell you if something's off or if the numbers are off or if, you know, we need to work on something and it's safety for people. It's not just my livelihood. you know. <laughs> so Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it's your livelihood. What do you think, uh, like, have you had common misconceptions about being a plastic surgeon? Have people asked you like crazy things? (laughs) I think the one thing that I've sort of always said is, or like something that's very, I don't know, not hypocritical, but kind of like goes both ways is I always tell people like plastic surgery is not going to like complete your life. It's not going to make you happy. Like happiness comes from within and working on yourself and like beauty on the inside. But beauty on the outside doesn't, you know, has effects on beauty on the inside. I think that's kind of what we were exploring with the show. I guess how you how you picture your how you view yourself is kind of going to make you happy through like your own insecurity. So like if you fix that insecurity, you feel happier about yourself. Yeah. And I mean, the two are linked, but I don't think somebody who's unhappy will be made happy by plastic surgery. I think you have to have kind of a groundedness and a maturity and a certain level of happiness going into it. So I always think it's, you know, it's kind of like talking to my daughters about beauty and kind of balancing the fact that I'm making people's breasts bigger or the fact that I'm doing liposuction on people and then seeing my daughters and be like, you know, body positivity. And like, Yeah, that must be so hard. 
I think it is a little challenging, but at the same time, I think a lot of people, like when I post on something body positive or whatever, they're like, yeah, coming from the plastic surgeon, but it is coming from the plastic surgeon. Like I'm here to help that last, last 5% or that, that thing that you just can't do yourself because you've been working so hard and it's just that one thing that you can't, you know, exercise off or diet off or work out off, whatever. So I think that is like a, a misconception that just because I do plastic surgery, I don't promote body positivity. I do. It's just hard to communicate, I guess. Yeah, no, I get it though. Um, so you mentioned that you have this new laser and we talked about dice board and Botox, but is there a popular treatment right now that men and women are doing? I mean, I do a lot of body contouring and I think men and women do that, but like eyelids, facelifts, we just got like a cool other device. We got, we got two cool devices in recently and I'm always trying to be kind of cutting edge. And because I am kind of an influencer in the plastic surgery space, I do get my pick of things and I get it first, which is fun. Um, but we just got this machine that vibrates back and forth really quickly. So it releases all of the fat cells from its, their attachments before I go into liposuction them. So I can actually like etch in a six pack or I can etch in arm muscles. Yeah. So that's really cool. We got um, two devices for skin tightening that actually skin tighten. So if I'm doing, you know, liposuction in the inner thighs or in the arms, for example, you're deflating those areas with thin skin and that can lead to like sagging. So putting in these devices to kind of saran wrap the skin at the same time, or just using them by themselves for someone who's just got some loose skin and no fat. So those are, it's just, it's really cool kind of being on the cutting edge of technology and being able to bring in multiple things to get the end goal. Cause we don't just age in one dimension. We don't just, you know, we're losing bone, fat, muscle, um, skin is losing, you know, elasticity. So it's growing. So you're losing the underlying skeleton and the skin's growing and that's what causes sagging. So being able to kind of address all of it now and just giving that incredible wow result without looking fake, I think is, is really kind of fun and it is very artsy. That's so cool that you get to like literally create, but in such a scientific way. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific food that is your favorite go-to like cheat day, favorite thing? Oh my God, for cheat days. Oh God, I hate cheat days. I'm so, cause you know, it gets really hard, Julia. Like before I used to like be so skinny. Like I weighed like a hundred pounds at like five, seven. Now I'm five, nine. Before quarantine, I was like around 130. Now I'm around 140, which is I think like what everyone's kind of struggling with. I think it is the stress though. It's the stress hormones just holding on to, you know, water and fat. And I feel like every day it's like a different mood that you're in, right? Like one day you're happy and the next you're like miserable again. And I'm like, what is happening? But yeah, for me, I think my cheat is like any carb because I try to be very low carb, but like carbs. I know. I know. I'm trying to perfect my Tadig. I'm getting, I'm. I love Tadig. I know, but like that's a weakness, right? Especially with the potatoes on the bottom. Oh, so my, my Persian friend taught me how to make it with pita. That's not my favorite. The potato's better. No, the potato's better? Okay. You can even do it with matzah during Passover. I'll be trying that. What's the one with the sour cherry? Okay, so that's like the rice with the sour cherry. Yeah, what is it called? Oh, God. Shirin polo, maybe? No, shirin polo's with things, with carrots. 
Ah, I forget. I, we we like never make that. We just use like regular rice, and then I just go to like the store and buy it like pre-made from the Persian, like from Tarantulas on Westwood. I call the moment. Wait, I love that that store is called Tarantulas. That is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, it's not. The area is, but I'll literally go there and be like, hi, mom, I'm home. And just like buy a bunch of like pre-made Persian food for my kids to eat. Cause I, I will confess, I do not like cooking. I can do it, but I'll tell you what bothers me about it. What bothers me about cooking is that you put all, no, no, you put in all this work to create this beautiful thing and then people eat it and it's gone. Whereas plastic surgery, I put in all this work and someone enjoys it for the rest of their life. Ooh, I like that. That's so true. Yeah. So that's what really bothers me about cooking. Like you put in so much effort and then people eat it. And then it's gone. And then they digest it and it's even more gone. <laughs> and it's gone. And then they digest it. <laughs> so I just like, I'm just like, oh, it's so like, I don't know. I love eating though, but. I know. But you mentioned that you're on a low carb diet. Are you just on like, or at least trying to, do you like I think things have, I think things have changed. Like before what I would do for the last probably 15 years, like throughout residency is we just, and every surgeon's pretty much this way is we just do coffee, coffee, dinner. That's like normal. Cause there's just no time to eat in the hospital. And so you just run on coffee. But when you hit 40, it doesn't work anymore. You actually get fatter because your body's in like starvation mode, I think. So now it's kind of like doing these like chia seed situations and just sort of eating a little bit throughout the days so that your body doesn't go into starvation mode. And I'm also like, you hear at first, I think cardio makes you hungry and wants you cra- makes you crave carbs. So I think the key for over 40 is lifting weights and doing things like Pilates and sort of like stretching and strengthening and building muscle. But cardio after 40, to me, just makes you fat because it just forces you. You just want a bowl of pasta. You're like, you're ravenous. And there's it's like really impossible to control that. So it's funny because I've kind of been saying this on the DL to my patients for years. And I'm like, but don't tell your doctor I said don't do cardio. But then now, like a lot of these like fitness people and, um, you know, kind of like lifestyle coaches and these wellness people are saying the same thing. They're like, like go for walks, but don't run. Don't, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me at all anymore. It's crazy. Well, don't they also say like after a certain age, like high intensity running can be really hard on the bones, your joints, kind of like your back. It is. It is. It's horrible. I had a patient the other day. She's like, yeah, I used to run all the time. I went, And she's like, you know, hitting 50. And she's like, I went for a run. I can't even walk for two days. <laughs> like her joints hurt. It's not even muscle soreness, like her knees. So I think, you know, things like probably biking and elliptical and just walking. Walking's the best. Mm-hmm. I agree. Are you a fan of like cryo or infrared saunas? Do you think that those... Oh, I... Yeah. I actually have the LED bed, you know, the one that was on the show. I have that in my gym. So I think those are amazing. And I just got power plate, which we actually started selling on the skin spot, which is kind of like my curated um, beauty and like wellness stuff. So whatever I like, I'll just put it on there. So the power plate's really cool. It has tons of evidence from like the Mayo Clinic and Cleveland Clinic, but it's this vibrating plate 
that you work out on and it's releasing lactic acid as you're working out. So, and also it, it's triggering every single muscle several times a second. So you can do, I literally can't even do crunches on it. It's so hard, but you can do like a 30 minute workout and it's the equivalent of like an hour and a half normal workout. Oh, wow. So for me with little time and also like I've had surgery on my leg, um, it's like amazing because you're actually healing your body while you're exercising. So I'm and also like the LED bed totally believe in that and has some infrared in it too. So it actually lowers blood pressure naturally. They're actually getting like an FDA clearance for lowering blood pressure without medication. And it's, it's great for a collagen elastin. So you can actually like lay in it in your bathing suit or like naked. So to tighten up like your entire skin organ and I actually have the face plate too. So I'll put it down. That's amazing. But those are like, you know, high, high uh, cost, high ticket items. But I mean, if we, yeah, if we want to look good forever, we can invest in those things. I mean, kind of, yeah. Is it true that if you um, do a lot of like infrared saunas or even like in high intense cardio where you're like just sweating profusely that like the Botox or um, filler can dissipate? Yeah, you can actually um, dissipate that faster with high intensity workouts. Yeah. Okay. You would think mine would just last forever since I... <laughs> have a limited workout regimen. Right. <laughs> and because you could just inject yourself whatever you want. <laughs> um, are there any new projects that are that you're working on in the future that are coming up? <sighs> Always new projects. So I've been in um, talks for like a book um, because, you know, we do have that kind of like immigrant story escaping from Iran. I know you do too. But yeah, I mean, we have like a pretty, you know, intense story and in kind of how we got here. And I think that's in many ways, maybe kind of contributed to my ambition, you know, and I'm always struggling with how am I going to mm-hmm. teach my kids to be that ambitious when they've kind of had comfort. You know, we definitely challenge them and we don't give them everything. And I'm kind of like that tiger mom at times, but, you know, I think the immigrant is kind of that person that's really got that drive and hunger to succeed because the alternative is, is kind of have no other alternative than to succeed. Right. And it, there's just like such an um, umbrella or like blanket of guilt and like you want to like your parents tried so hard to get you here and to like establish this life for you. And like you have all of these goals for yourself and you kind of like don't want to disappoint them. So it's just, like constant like. Yeah. And it's also like you kind of don't want to like disappoint yourself, you know, because you've been giving this opportunity. You know, what are you going to do with it? kind of thing. So that's one thing I might start my own podcast too. We'll see. (gasps) I need, I need, I need, I need tips, Julia. And then, yeah, you know, continuing kind of the TV presence. So that's been really gratifying actually, because my whole thing has always been, you know, you can always teach and influence and inspire people, you know, one person at a time, but it's just such a high for me when I'm able to do it with the masses. And that's kind of why I wanted my own show because kind of showing people, Hey, you can have, you can be a mom, you can have a career, you can be an entrepreneur, you can look good, you can dress well, that all of that is possible. And there kind of aren't any limitations or box that, you know, people will try to keep you in. But really, it's kind of like, what kind of box are you holding yourself in? So, so thank you so much for being on today's podcast. Like, honestly, all the girl crushes is happening right now, like fangirling hard. Um, But thank you so, so much. Do you want to share with the audience where they can follow you, um, where they can watch the show, all 
Um, our show is on Netflix and it's called Skin Decision Before and After. Uh, and I'm mainly on Instagram and it's at Dr. Sheila Nazarian. So Dr. Sheila Nazarian. From there, my link tree, my link in bio will take you to the YouTube and to the, you know, I have my I have five other um, Instagram pages as well. One of them is all surgery. will show live surgery. Another one is all the spa procedures, lasers and injectables. One of them is for the skin spot, which is our curated medical grade e-commerce um, skincare store. Uh, one of them is for Think Big, which is our nonprofit. That's the one where we teach people um, kind of personal and business growth skills. And then the other one's for the show, Skin Decision Netflix. And the three kids. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And you have three kids. I can't believe, like, I'm, I'm so impressed. <laughs> um, so thank you for listening to today's podcast. And remember to subscribe and follow me at Health Chef Julia.